0: hello sweet friends and welcome to the vandal Trong curious world podcast if you're new to the show welcome and thank you uh, the premise of this show I like to call it ordinary people having extraordinary conversations I mean these aren't interviews per se um, I like to think of them as you know conversations that you'd have you know at a bar or at a cafe or or in, in my case uh, at a Kitchen counter um, it's really free flowing it 's really organic we uh, we don't really have anything you know scripted um, uh, of course i 'm not here to put anybody on the spot you know if there's anything that people don't want to talk about then you know then we don't we just won't talk about that, although um, you know a, a guest uh, from early earlier lindsay martinez said oh i don't want to talk about my mom, and of course that <laughs> That episode was all about Lindsay's mother. Um, uh, but it's it's uh, it's really, it's rooted in, in, in truthful conversation uh, and being mindful of each other and, and really the world that we live in. And the feedback that I've received from you all is, you know, whether you're in New York or L.A. or London or wherever, that you're listening in, um, that you're, you're sharing our, our, our thoughts, you're sharing our feelings. I mean, you're really part of the conversation, too. You're just on the quiet side. So, um, you know, again, if you're, if you're coming back, uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for continuing to listen and support this show. Uh, if you're new to the show, uh, thank you for, for, um, for dropping in and allowing this to be your, your first episode I know there's plenty of other things that you can do with your time. Uh, you can listen to a Tom Clancy audiobook or um, just play uh, Fruit Ninja on your phone or, or whatever. So I respect that and I'm very grateful that you're dropping in and, and allowing me to, to come into your brain through your earbuds or your computer or however you're listening to this. Um, you know i, I always uh, joke on the about the show that uh, i'm never the smartest person in the room and uh today's episode i i, I that couldn't be that's truly accurate uh my guest today is shuli halek who is an amazing photographer but it's very unique cuz you know i think a lot of times when we think of photography we think of um you know we we fall into the trap of, of thinking about portraits or landscapes and Shuli is actually she's documenting and and photographing the internet which is i mean you're like what the what the fuck does that mean it's amazing you know uh, she's she's combining technology with you know a, a, an old school art form like like photography and 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 something new and and current and and obviously will be with us into the future, like the internet, mind-blowing stuff, Um, she's uh, super intelligent, and warm, and funny, and just an amazing guest, and it it was, I had such a great time, I I do want to apologize, you'll hear a a humming, and that's because I had the the air conditioner on, I mean, it was just hot as shit that day, Uh, we recorded this, I mean, the alternative is that we'd be sweating like crazy. And uh, obviously, I don't I don't want to do that to any of my guests. Hopefully, it won't be too much of a distraction for you. I would fire my audio engineer, but then I wouldn't have a podcast. Um, you can find all about uh, Shuli. You can follow her on the Twitter, at Shuli Halleck. Uh, also, there's another handle for her, at NetInvisible. Or you can just go to her website, shuleihallick.com. This one is a great uh, episode. I, I, I really enjoyed ch- talking to Shuly. I feel like I could, you know, this, I could talk to her for hours and hours. So if you're listening, Shule, uh, I'd love to have you back on in the future and uh, continue this conversation. Um, thanks, guys, for checking us out. And um, without further delay, my incredible conversation with Shuly Halleck. You and I have one distinct commonality, and that is we have pretty untraditional names. So, how have you? What, what is your What is your background, by the way?
1: Uh, it's an interesting background, so um, I've been a professional photographer for 10 years. Like I got my MFA in
0: photography. No, I'm sorry, oh. the, 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 your, oh, your name. Oh, Yeah, sorry. Oh,
1: sorry. Um, I never know when anymore. Uh, I'm from Israel. Originally. Okay. Yeah. And then I was born there, and we moved here to New York when I was four. So I grew up mostly in New York.
0: So you went to school here?
1: I went to, yeah. Went
0: in Manhattan, or? No,
1: in Long Island. Um, well, first we moved to Queens, and then... Um, but. That, those were like, I was like six when I, and then we moved to Long Island. So, um, so mostly public education in Long Island, which is good. Then I went to undergraduate in St. Louis, um, Missouri, and then traveled what, extensively and came back to New York City, or came to New York City, period, and then went to grad school during in the city.
0: So. So Did you ever get approached by your name? I mean-
1: all the time, yeah. yeah.
0: So how how what do people say about it?
1: Well, Where's it? Where are you from? Or sometimes they pick up on a slight accent, which I don't always detect. Um, and oh, let me turn my phone off. And um and. So it, is, it is an interesting thing. I have no problem telling people where I'm from, but it's, it depends on the context because sometimes it's like a very brief New York interaction, and when are you going to get to your whole like backstory? you know? Like, right. oh, I'm from well, Israel. But well, same I was, with
0: me, because like, yeah. I'm not from New York, so that is like a whole different thing for me. So like when people say, like, where are you from, I, I kind of try to understand, because like, I'm I'm from Boston, okay. but I'm trying to say, like, is that what you mean, or do you mean, like...
1: Where like, am I from, from?
0: Like <laughs> what, well, What's my ethnic background? Yeah. So then like, do do you want the 20 second version or do you want the five minute? And what
1: are you really asking? Like, are you interested, like, is my attitude a New York attitude? Or like, are you, or, right, I don't really know what the question is sometimes, so.
0: Well, for me, so I was born in Vietnam. So when people, it's, it, obviously, you know, your life is your life. So you don't really think too much about it. But I, uh, I've actually run into people who, you know, take that as like, like I'm some exotic bird. Yeah. Like, wow.
1: Yeah. I'm like, you're an
0: immigrant. Right. I'm like, well, we, we were talking like five seconds ago and you, I was fine, but now I'm like the space alien. Yeah. Like Now you want to like touch me like I'm yeah. like a peacock or I something. I wasn't
1: born on this continent. <laughs> <laughs> when did you move
0: here? I moved here when I was very, very young okay. with my mom. And uh, yeah, we moved to Boston and then uh, we got reunited with uh, my father and my brothers. Oh, cool. So, for the, so you know, I'm into uh, sibling order and uh, group dynamics. Yeah. And um but I kind of share like the the uh emotional ties of being an only child as also being a youngest. So I'm technically the youngest. Okay. So um but I usually am pretty good about deciphering people. It just if I once I get to know them, like yeah. what their sibling order is, because we all kind of fall in line with yeah. uh, now you're gonna put me on the spot, I'm gonna guess wrong with you. No, uh, I'll
1: give you time to uh, but,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know we and and, and uh um, but yeah through, throughout my throughout my school you know schooling it was like like for instance like you know when we are uh when I was in elementary school we were the first Vietnamese family in in my town obviously now in two thousand fifteen it's not that big of a deal um but yeah like you you know you see the world from your perception so oh, yeah. it's like I'm I'm not Superman you know yeah. I'm not from Kryptonite it's not yeah. really that big of a deal yeah. so do, you, do you must get mistaken oh, for other things it right? is
1: and it, you know it's I mean and I'm sure it's it's different for every sort of uh, you know person or background or even context and you know I, I mean I'm white and then we moved to New York and I moved when I grew up I went to school it was predominantly white and where I went um, to elementary school was even predominantly Jewish I would say so you would think you know being Israeli, in a predominantly Jewish town, I should have no problem. But that actually wasn't the case at all because I was had a different name. Uh, I was my family was different, and I was foreign and had like a little bit of an accent. And also went to ESL classes, English as a Second Language classes. Like, it does not matter at all where you're where you're from if you're if you fit with a you know tribe. You're different from the tribe because this the tribe is American. Jewish, which is very different. Right. Whatever it is, call it what it is. And did
0: you feel like an outsider? Oh yeah, I was yeah. definitely an
1: outsider. I mean, it, it was a di- it was a much more subtle kind of like differentiation. So I you know I didn't have a lot. It, it was harder to make friends. Um, you know, in bully situations and whatever. I had my brother's bullies, too, that they didn't like my brother's, so I, I inherited them <laughs> as a result.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me, too. Me, too. Like, people would chase me. I'm like, I don't even know you. are <laughs> you
1: going after me, yeah. So I had to take care of some stuff from my brothers and, you know, uh,
0: you know the character uh,
1: building, I
0: think. <laughs> the, the, um, the Jewish friends that I've made, um, and again, this might mean in the East Coast, you know, yeah. Boston and New York, where that their perception of... You know, people from Israel was that they like, they, they just party. They oh, just really? love to party. Yeah. And I guess from their from their context is, well, twofold. I mean, I guess if they go over, and this I'm speaking of a particular friend who goes over and he went to live in a kibbutz. Yeah. And all they did was party. And then his friends or relatives who came over, they're on vacation, so they're partying. So I'm like, I don't know how accurate that is. It, but is, there's nothing. I mean,
1: everyone assumed that I went to the army, and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did do—that's um, not entirely true. I did do like a, like a boot boot camp before you're the age of eighteen or something. They have like camp, <laughs> army camp, but, and it's, but it's like not, a basic training, basically for like I don't know, like a week or more or something. And you basically just go through basic training. You're like fifteen or sixteen, and they just teach you like. You know, like how to shoot an M16, how to assemble, like army stuff, you know. But that's so. pretty
0: intense for a teenager.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, but you get drafted when you're 17, 18, so it's, it's like pre army.
0: <laughs> but you did that?
1: I did it, yeah. It was hardcore for a week.
0: Why only a week?
1: Uh, that, that's what the program is. Um, so it's it's like, boot, it's just boot camp, boot, like camp. I don't, I don't know how to call it English, I don't think we have them here, so. Um, and
0: then after that week, you just go back into.
1: I, I came back. I mean, I was in Israel for the summer, so I did it then. And then I was also thinking about whether or not I should go to the army because my par- both my parents, had done the army. And it's like you know this how prideful thing that they always talked about. Uh, you know, also with a lot of nostalgia. Uh, they were both in. You know, my dad fought in two wars, so it's like you know this whole like. Pressure's yeah. on. Yeah, they're like you know. Well, you should, said you we had. Do the army. <laughs> well,
0: you had brother. You said you had brothers, yeah. so I would imagine they got the brunt of it. Oh, right? we all got it, yeah. Oh. But we,
1: but none of us did it. I mean, you're we already grew up here and you're nestled in life here, and, and so I sort of did, you know. The, I ran through the different scenarios, and I'd have to go back now, being an, a sort of re-immigrated immigrant to, <laughs> to Israel like even though I'm from there now I kind of grew up not there so you miss out on all the cultural upbringings and, right. and all so they this. just
0: they just kind of see you as a New Yorker right
1: they Israel has a like a, they have a mixed way of looking at, at sort of uh, they want Jews to come to Israel but then when, you know, they're, I mean, they're very welcoming and everything, but you're not, you know, they can tell if you have an accent or if you're not there. I mean, it's no no hard feelings. They want people to come and do the army and, and be a part of their country. But, I mean, you know, if you went back to Vietnam, you wouldn't be Vietnamese. In,
0: oh, yeah. I would stick out like such a sore thumb. Yeah. I'd look like a, um, Well, it's funny. So, my um, my girlfriend is from Japan, and so we've... I've gone to Japan um, actually twice now, and so when I went, was kind of milling out on my own, mm-hmm. the um, perception was that people thought it was Japanese, but they knew that I was from America.
1: Interesting. I guess
0: just the aura, or maybe my, yeah. as my girlfriend's uh, mother says, my broad shoulders. <laughs> like, There's no way like a guy who was raised in Asia could have my shoulders. <laughs> 's
1: got to be american <laughs> look
0: at the shoulders
1: he's american, That's but
0: yeah, crazy. i think you, I think it just it just carries that with you and um I mean one thing that like i always uh, was very aware of growing up early on you know again being um, being being you know the only Primarily the only Asian kid in certain classrooms and so forth, but also getting into other things mm-hmm. that a that you may or may not, you know, just trying something new for the first time is this idea of labels that I think everybody kind of falls in line with, right? Like, you know, you're when you as soon as you step on the subway, you know, it's already we're all we're immediately labeling other people and we're getting labeled and. Um, so I, I would imagine in your in your um in your career mm-hmm. that's something that you've had to deal with
1: um, yes um,
0: um, i i guess uh, will i guess it will segue a little bit that, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. horrible on my end going from but but well why don't we just kind of uh, um, uh tell the listeners uh, a little bit about what you what you do
1: sure um so I, I right now am, um, to put it very briefly, I'm visualizing the internet. What that means is I started off, um, my background is in photography. I've been a professional photography, uh, photographer for 10 years or so, uh, specializing in critical infrastructure. Sort of really fascinated with uh, the systems that we depend on but don't see and that's always been the theme of all my work. And about three years ago or so, I started, I, you know, or even more, I started to become very interested in the internet as infrastructure, you know, this whole massive network that we depend on um, but don't see. And I wanted to know what it looks like, so I figured I could, if I photographed it, that would be a good enough uh, understanding of it. And so I started making inroads and connections here in New York and really made uh, excellent progress in photographing the critical infrastructure, or the physical infrastructure, sorry, of the internet, which means um, fiber, uh, fiber optic cables under the ground, uh, here in New York, um, interconnection facilities, also known as carrier hotels, which are where core networks come to physically meet and interconnect. A core network could be Facebook, it could be Verizon, and they need to come at a, to a building, which is a neutral place, and connect. Um, I've also photographed Core Networks, uh, which is I photographed Facebook's data center, and uh, the coolest thing um, was I got on a ship that lays cables under the ocean and photographed how they do that and what the ship looks like, which is just mind blowing. That we have, it's not that mind blowing, but we have I don't even know m- millions of miles of cables lining the ocean floors, connecting the continents, and that's sort of how we be Oh, about ninety nine percent of the data around. Uh, The world. So from there, I started to understand. I'm sure you have like a ton of questions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting nervous actually.
1: (laughs) I'm looking at your face. I don't know if I. Well, I I recently
0: (laughs) saw Ex Mahina, I don't know if you saw that.
1: I didn't. Yeah. Uh,
0: So I'm like, it's all about artificial intelligence, and I I have this deep-rooted fear of the future about technology. But I I, I, I didn't (laughs) want to interrupt you.
1: Um, No, I I sort of do too, but I'm an optimist. And anyway. I could talk about that alone. For
0: oh, we'll a get while. into that. Yeah, yeah. we'll get into how we're all gonna be enslaved by computers
1: or not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, please convince us. convince me otherwise. I pass.
1: believe also in free will. <laughs> so, um, anyway, as I was photographing this stuff, uh, all this really cool stuff, and even presenting it to audiences, or even trying to describe all of it, I was still using words, and it. Um, I quickly understood that we still can't understand this even with photos or even with visuals. We still need to use words to actually describe it, which means that we don't have a language around this new era, this new infrastructure. And all language is is um, symbols, right? Like when we say computer, everyone knows what a computer is. We don't have to actually describe it or any of the things that we've sort of come to terms with literally. And now when we talk about uh, any of the new infrastructure, um, most of it's invisible whether it's just buried underground or it's actually just intangible So we use terms like cloud um, And then wireless networks and spectrum and protocol and blah 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 Well, we don't know what it looks like and we don't really even know what it means um, because it became abstracted so my it, I evolved from go just using photography as a medium to using a uh, the new era tools as a medium to describe what the internet is. So I'm learning to code and I'm making a, a web-based interactive visuals to describe how all this stuff is uh, and, and how all this stuff works so that it's a concept that you can actually wrap your head around. The idea being uh, is that if we have a language or, or if we understand how it works, if we have uh, information around this stuff, We can make better decisions for ourselves as individuals and for the collective society around us. Uh, Right now, most of us, including policymakers and lawmakers, really don't understand how a lot of this works, and some of them don't even want to understand how it works. They're either too old or just too busy, or, you know, policy, you know, political stuff. So, laws are being written, a lot of backroom stuff is happening that we don't even know about, and this is actually setting such a trajectory that we can't even sort of understand like where if you want to look at the history of the internet we're still in the really early stages of where it's going to go and we have we still have a really good shot for actually changing the course or setting the right course whatever course you want to call it um, and a really good example of that was actually net neutrality it wasn't re- it wasn't going to go the way it went originally uh, the chairman of the FCC, the current chairman, was a um, lobbyist for the uh, cable industry, and originally it looked like it was going to go the other way, and people just didn't know, didn't care. The mass you know, population just didn't really understand what was at stake, and I... Right,
0: I, we would have we ended up like China, right? With yeah. all these wa- firewalls yep. and...
1: Yeah, it would have been a tiered um, system, and it would have been, you know, if for example, if we were talking about something that like the cable industry didn't like, they could suddenly yeah. sort of slow like, down. Like fuck, this. Time
0: Warner, and then like brrr, Bam. like there was a knock on the door. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs>
1: basically, <laughs> and the Matrix you know? <laughs> and we're um, and what happened was you know something along the lines of like a John Oliver event on, on HBO where he t- had hey, a,
0: you said you didn't follow do you? I
1: know? saw it on YouTube. <laughs> Long live the internet. <laughs> And um, he had a 13-minute segment just talking about the net neutrality, uh, starting off by saying how fucking boring it is, and then giving visuals along the way, basically metaphors, talking about each point that we needed to know about and, and explaining it to us and breaking it down. So suddenly we're like, oh, wow, it's actually not that complicated. And I understand fast lane and slow lane, and I understand, you know, Monopoly, and I understand all this other stuff that's kind of happening. And at the end, he kind of has his call to action and he's like, go flood the FCC with comments. And then four million comments appeared. So that is the power actually of the internet, which we know about, you know? The, the, di- the difference now is that we have this um, collective information sort of system and anyone can stand up and say, hey, and make people understand and then all these people can kind of rise up. It, it still is sort of idyllic that way or utopian or whatever in that sense. Um, anyway,
0: so that's my two Yeah, cents. no, I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of John Oliver, yeah. just teasing you. Um, no, not at all, yeah. Uh, I think it's amazing how these are two different worlds, and then you kind of are, you know, c- clasping them with both hands and bringing them together.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's like left brain, right brain. Um, yeah. How does one inform the other for you?
1: Um, you mean in terms of, uh, Visual, you know, visualizing all this information. All yeah,
0: this from an artistic standpoint, and then something that is very uh, you know, when I think of like when I think coding and things like that, I think of like that's like you know like algorithms yeah. and math and.
1: It, it really is, but um, I think you know art is really uh, this is the la- this is sort of the language of the new era, and art is 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 evolving. I mean, art is an expression of. Uh, ideas, concepts, emotion, into, you know, um, the way you think about your emotions you can't express. You have to sort of, you know, show it or dance it or paint it or whatever and um, you you put something out either on a canvas or in some way express it in a visual way that then somebody else that's looking at it is supposed to, will will hopefully feel what it is that you're feeling in some way. and you're not using words. I mean, you can if it's you know, also poetry or whatever, but again, you're, you're trying to evoke a sensation in someone or evoke an idea in someone that is sort of meta to what it is that you're saying. And I think that coding is the new, is our new language. And with that, we can create things that we are, haven't been able to create yet. Um, we can create art with it, for sure, you know, and we can create ways that um, we can allow people to understand and feel things um, that, that, you know, I, I still think it's at a very young age, and right now I'm, I'm seeing it as informational, but it's also, in a way, art, because it is um, expressing things that words can't express and expressing sensations that um, you would want someone to feel
0: um going back a little bit when you were when you said you took the tour in the ocean and you saw the fiber cables yeah who owns those
1: they're um always almost always owned by a consortium of uh, networks they're because they're incredibly expensive to build and it's a long painstaking process where you have to sort it takes years because you have to survey the ocean floor and because you're building between continents and countries there's all this bureaucratic stuff so it'll And and you're connecting continents, so it'll be telecoms from all the separate countries that are involved in it, coming together, forming a consortium, and then they'll hire someone to construct the cables and lay the cables and all this kind of stuff. Although, I do think Google is building out their own cable. They're actually building out their own infrastructure in general, but they're building out their own cable from the U.S. to Asia, uh, in large part because video uh, streaming is in such high demand. Up so
0: much bandwidth. You're familiar with the dark web. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I'm familiar with it. I actually
0: here's from what I know about it. That it's just uh, um, I mean my listeners know I'm not I'm never the smartest person in the room, so I have no I have no fault here. Um, I might not be either (laughs) it's uh, it's it's like these hidden these hidden corridors in in the internet where you can access it was primarily used for for military reasons, mm-hmm. but now hackers can go in and um, say, for instance, like I wanted to uh, have a sell uh, sell old Cabbage Patch kids, but I only wanted it to be coded for certain users. Then I could create that, and you wouldn't. And then you wanted to, and you bought my Cabbage Patch kids. Well, that wouldn't show up on a regular Google search. That would be hidden from regular internet.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about it, but I do know that nothing is entirely hidden. I mean, they did find um, twice, um, two separate guys who were had a huge like. And these are really smart guys that had, not smart enough that they could stay off the radar, but had like a, a massive drug or opium. Oh, the silk, yeah, the, the silk Road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And so, I would just say you would have to assume no matter what, you can't. You're not entirely hidden. And everything you do online, you should imagine that it's not private.
0: What? (laughs) we were
1: having a private conversation.
0: Not my phone, though, right? (laughs)
1: No, that's totally safe. Don't even worry about that. It's not tracking you.
0: (laughs) So I I agree that I feel like um, in in terms of technology, and especially the Internet, um, the advances uh, that we're seeing in the past maybe 30 years or 20 years are probably the most that we've seen in almost human history, right? In terms of, I mean, now you, we have access to all recorded data. I mean, and then it's just yeah, growing, and yeah. then growing and growing and growing and yeah. growing. Um,
1: yeah.
0: But you don't, but you see this as a, ultimately a good thing. You see this as something that um, that is going to benefit us mm-hmm. from a humanitarian aspect, from an artistic aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are p- some potential pitfalls?
1: So the way I look at it in general is that we're making progress towards something. Um, we're, we're constantly building as people, as humanity towards something, right? Like we're, I don't know, like if you want to look at sort of our trajectory from caveman or even pre-caveman, whatever, we're sort of evolving. And um, I'm, I'm not even talking about purpose in terms of God or religion or any of that kind of stuff the the things that we build their tools or their 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 potential is neither good or bad it's sort of like electricity is neither good or bad it's the application of it right like you can um, like make breakfast or you can electrocute someone and you know those are two different things but the electricity is neutral about it the electricity itself is neutral it doesn't care it doesn't have a set you know an agenda and I think um, we are creating uh, something that if you want to pull back and look at the patterns of what we're doing is actually incredibly interesting. It's incredibly powerful um, and kind of creating, you know, a, 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 I want to say a collective brain, although I, you know, I don't want to make any you know, sort of uh, I don't want to imply any artificial intelligence stuff so I just want to say that we're sort of collecting all of, you know all the information um, and and it, it has the uh, you know there's anyway but the applic- the applications of it are still in this area that aren't yet cemented um, we can't see how these these things are being used right it's in, we, we don't know how they're being used and there's a lot of just implicit trust amongst the people that are just uh, coughing up their information and letting things happen so we just implicitly trust companies um, oh it's fine nothing bad has happened yet Uh, there's nothing really interesting about me anyway so what's the big deal if they have my information and these well, maybe today there's no big deal, but and I'm not trying to say it's like dun dun dun. Like tomorrow there won't be a big deal. It's not that. It's next, just, week. <laughs> next week. Next week, right? No, it's not that. It's just that um, we don't see what's happening, and we, in my mind, where for us to be able to use it in its purest form, we have to keep it in its purest form and not. Have, you know, there, there's a huge um, in, enticement to kind of consolidate power. And, you know, this is th- through, a, you know, history. This is human nature. There's, like, we want to, cons- oh, my God, there's power? Let's consolidate it. I want to take it all, you know? Right. And, um And whenever you see this kind of consolidation of, you know, or, or mass surveillance kind of stuff, it's never going in a good direction. And there's now, you know, moves amongst big players to consolidate Their information or or power, or they, you know, there's just the potential to gather data is just unprecedented. And we're just being enticed by these little like cookie crumbs like, here, like, sign up for this app, boom, you're just giving them your data. Here, like, get your free email, which is, you can get your own email, and you're just, boom, you know, here, take all my information on all my communications, period. So, anyway.
0: But, right, so ultimately, is that, is it safe, or is that? A, a, I mean, that can't be. Right now, be, nothing
1: is happening. But if you, there's an article today in the New York Times about how uh, GE is, um, you know, getting into the and this is nothing new, but they're getting into the Internet of Things, and, and this is where we're going. That every uh, device will have, you know, and they're they're doing it on the manufacturing side and the industrial side, but. You know, IBM is doing it on small in health and smaller scale, and Google is getting into it in other areas. And there are going to be all these players that are going to put, you know, sensors on everything that are going to get themed back to you know a central or central-like servers that process all this information. So at some point, we're there. We're already getting to the point where there are data brokers that know more about us than we know about ourselves, and they're just selling it right now. But entities know more about us than we know about ourselves. That's kind of scary. I mean, we're not seeing the, the end result yet, but why do we want that to happen? Why do we want this to exist as free individuals? Why do you want someone to, to have all this information about you?
0: Um, well, if I am searching for a book and then I get an email that there's a discount on it at, on Amazon, maybe it won't freak me out and maybe I'll enjoy the convenience of clicking on it.
1: Yeah, okay, I think what, what I'm trying to say is I think there should be transparency in terms of all, all the data that's collected on us and we should actually have the, the ownership on that data. Um, in other words, like our digital our, our rights as physical beings should extend into the digital realm and we should be owning this, or at least the we should have a say in how it's used and sold. And right now we don't have any say in this, um, or if we understood the levels at like how this is being used, maybe we would want to change these things and have some sort of other you know controls over it. And I, I'm you know and again this isn't paranoia. This is actually just being a realist and... You
0: can get paranoid. Huh? You can get paranoid.
1: You can get paranoid. No, you, you
0: can. can. I'm I... like two minutes away from like <laughs> <laughs> exploding and paranoid. <laughs> I've been containing it like...
1: Well, yeah, I guess I mean, you have to keep yourself on like a very, you know, it's difficult because you can go down this road of like, oh my God, I'm being tracked all the time and, and this and that and you know, how, how far does this go? But. We Today, we I don't think we still know. I think what? how are we as a society going to decide for ourselves, as individuals in a society, how is this going to go? How do we want it to go? We still have a say.
0: But it, I, I don't know how you regulate that when you have all that opportunity for commerce and it's so easy. You know, like, for instance, like, you know, I don't know if you've seen those ads, but like, you know, like, Time Warner, uh, you know, can provide you home security because you know the I mean? rights
1: of the individual are are above the rights of uh, corporations in the I mean that's that's how that's how and this has been a struggle historically but for now I mean to you know those battles have been won on different scales throughout history uh, and so today we sit comfortably in in different ways because of those battles that have been won sort of ideological battles but like you know, the, the railroads fought in this way and, you, it, and it took a lot of muscle to kind of fight back and um, corporations are always trying to kind of muscle, you know. It's a delicate balance. You know, you do need, I'm, I'm pro-capitalism for sure, but we are the ones as individuals that are feeding the corporations to make money. At a certain point, if the corporations win, then who will, be, who will they be winning over? Who, what is the end result?
0: Right. well I, I, what, what's in, what's counterintuitive is I feel like and I, I, I completely agree with you um, that I think the rights of the individual um, should come first however I think the individual themselves uh, has become too easily distracted because yes. of technology yes right yeah. so um, I mean I, I don't know how, how long how many like compiled hours I've procrastinated just like watching, you know, um you know, epic fails videos on YouTube of like people falling or whatever, yeah. you can you know Google yeah. anything you yeah. can watch it, or yeah. just some article. I'm like, yeah. I already know this yeah. like why am I why am I googling and why
1: like, am I clicking on all the links in the article to yeah keep on it's reading, just yeah.
0: clickbait, and it's yeah. nothing new I'm like yeah. I already knew it like yeah. so instead of so somebody who is a lot older than me, who you know protested the Vietnam War and so forth, was saying, you know back then. You didn't really have anything else to do. You, you know, even then he said like you had a lot of like dipshits who were kind of doing it just to do it. Yeah. Um, whereas now we have we have just so much to distract ourselves with, um, yeah. and and because of that, I, again we 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 should rebel against the thing the very thing, but the very thing is really kind of placating us.
1: Sure, and I, I mean I would argue that, or I'm not even arguing. I, we are we are completely distracted. <laughs> But we've we that's our tendency. I mean, we have addictions in general. We are we are addicted to things that sort of keep us out of the moment uh, in lots of ways, and that has to just do with our anxiety as people and all sorts of other sort of psychological stuff that's happening. And you know, this is a really easy like a, you know like dopamine rush that you got an email or now something is like you know your Facebook is suddenly making you feel like great or something. So. Or, or not I, so. I've yeah. been
0: guilty of. I've had to check the time on my phone, and then I'll get a text, and I'll read the text, and I'll put my phone back, and I don't know what time it is. Yeah, I'm like, uh. yeah, yeah. Let yeah. Me, so, Mike, I have a question. So, um, you know, you know, art and technology really have to. Um, they have to, you know, they have to class pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you know. It, it, things have to evolve, just like things in our society have to evolve. How has technology uh, altered, you know, art overall?
1: Um, great question. So, I mean, I we can go back to you know when f- the dawn of photography when it came out in the 1800s and you know painters proclaimed you know painting is dead (laughs) that's it no more painting and because this tool can now replace it you know people would sit and have their portraits painted and there's a whole industry and a whole culture around it and now this is it like we're never going to need to paint again and uh, you know photography went one way and obviously painting still exists exists and they're two different tools and then photography went down the film road for a very very long time and at the dawn of the digital era, people said now film photography is dead, and while that's sort of mostly true, it still it's its own niche and you can now tell the difference between these two things, so as technology sort of evolves, you can see how what it, you know, it allows you to do different things, express things differently, it's like language, you know, you can, um, I don't know if you're bilingual, but you know, there's different ways to say things in different languages but you can also think differently in a different language in a way that you can't either translate back or that you wouldn't have thought in that other language that way. It's just a a different combination of different concepts that have a different uh, end result. And um, I think technology sort of provides either evolved or, or improved upon or just different languages that you can then use to um, either keep up with the times in terms of expressing di- concepts or just create concepts or we're shaping the concepts that we want to create. So.
0: But in your analogy, what happens to the painter? What happens to his canvas? And- he,
1: it's less of a, you know, um, this is the only tool we have and now everyone that needs to paint something, whether it's a portrait or you know a a work of art is using this tool to more i actually uh, this is the way i'm seeing the world and this is the way i want to express it and i'm choosing this tool deliberately like i you know really want to learn you know latin and that's the language i want to speak right now and so you will actually pick that language because for whatever reason because it's expressing something or you want to read a you know whatever book in latin but um and maybe that's not the greatest analogy but You you just, um, I think, you know, photography was able to take us into an era where we were, and now video, where we're more instant, which is the era that we went into, you know, the industrial era and and we had mass produced things and uh, electricity and things became, you know, available to us instantly. And so we wanted to see things instantly and also just instants of time in ways, so things went faster, and that was the medium that allowed us to see it. Um, And I think now we're, you know, moving into um, an era where it's not just instant, it's, it's, there's something collective about it. It, it, Like the
0: distribution aspect of the art. Yeah, or Michelangelo wasn't able to Instagram. Who's uh, exactly. like, hey? This is what do you guys think of this?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a social component to it. I mean, it's really you know I like Instagram quite a lot, um, and you know it, you know in that sense it leveled the playing field. Like, um, well that's actually a really good point. It definitely leveled the playing field where at one point you the, what made you a good photographer or a good artist was your uh, access to. Uh, a camera or the, the schooling or whatever, those things were expensive, and you had to be privileged to do it. And now you just, everyone has, a, a lot of people have a smartphone with a really good camera, yeah. and that's all you need. And the, the, the only, what makes you a good photographer is how you are seeing and expressing yourself. That's it.
0: So because, but but, but the, does the technology enable a shortcut?
1: I think the technology levels the playing field, and it, instead of just creating these silos of people that have access to the tool that's available, and now sort of levels it, and now the, the people that, um, it, it first creates noise, right? Like there's all these, you know, whether it's bloggers or whatever, or all these people kind of taking all this stuff to now, um, people that are rising up and saying things, th- saying things that are, or, or, creating things that are of meaning, but there's so much of it that how ha- you know how do you find the meaning? Um, in terms of just traditional or just photography alone as art, you know, it, it's there's a lot more access to it. Um, I don't think I'm answering your question actually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's all right. That's,
1: that's I realize I'm kind of going off on. It's totally part different, of part part yeah. of the show.
0: <laughs> no, I guess like for for okay, so for my end, so I. Um, uh, You know, photography was one medium that I just never explored, but, uh, you know, I've made made movies, I've made shorts, and uh, the technology to be an independent filmmaker in 2015 is significantly different than, say, you know,
1: 1975.
0: Yeah. Um, So you have more people making more movies. Yeah. But how many of them are like really memorable, as opposed to back in you know in the yeah. Scorsese Spielberg era of the '70s, early '80s, yeah. where they had minimal uh, technology, they had you know yeah. more of an uphill battle, and those movies are uh, you know yeah. if you if by comparison are significantly more uh, well, memorable
1: yeah I, well it's true but again they there there were a lot more gatekeepers back then so those were the only ones that got through and so they were already sort of narrowed down for us and we chose from those so there may still you know um and they had to maybe access to money you know that the, that people today don't you know these sort of instant these the, the today people don't have um but I think also the um, transition from traditional gatekeepers to a lack of or or no gatekeepers is—I'm still trying to understand it myself. Um, You know, it's like the Wild
0: West, right? It's just like create anything goes. Put it up. Create anything goes, but then the the distribution is kind of the tricky end, right? Yeah. In the sense of like, uh, you know, that's when the artist has to put on a different hat. And yeah. become more of a business person, yeah. and or you know.
1: figure out some SEO and like you know, you know whatever. Like figure out how to get their stuff kind of um, viral in
0: right. a way. But I guess, I, I guess in the, I guess in the long run, that's pro- it is for the best. I mean, it's you 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 have the ability. I'm speaking from personal experience. You have the ability. To take your destiny into your own hands as opposed to knock on doors and say, you know, will you give me permission to join your party? Yeah. I'm making my own fucking party. Yeah. And yeah. the work that I put in will be the work of my work as opposed to appeasing your ego to allow me to play. Correct. um, That was always frustrating You don't need to ask for permission. Right. And then you just have to figure it out. Some people do and some people don't. You didn't ask
1: anyone for permission to start your podcast.
0: (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Speaking of uh, 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 um, technology and information and so forth, uh, I guess this is more in the realm of politics and, and I won't veer too much into that but what do you think of Eric Snowden? Um,
1: I'm trying to think what I'm going to say.
0: Well, okay. I think
1: he's great. Are um, we reframe that?
0: Are we reframe that? Just not, not in... I mean, you don't have to answer in terms of the, the politics. And you can, you can. I mean, you can well, no, clearly I, I, do whatever you want. Well, no, had
1: a lot of competing thoughts all at once.
0: I, I guess I'm more interested in terms of you what, know the
1: ultimate impact
0: of of, 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 of. on the on the on the information technology aspect. But uh, feel free to you know go
1: off on uh, it. Yeah.
0: So he I said he lives like a house cat in Russia. By the way, probably. Um, also, on I, John Oliver, you can go ahead and check that out.
1: I should. Um, I think it'd be cool to meet him one day, actually. But um, having said that, I'm sure now going down the paranoia route. I'm sure I'm going to be right back <laughs> Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Not you, just. <laughs> um, and I, I think ultimately, you know, it 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 was uh, it ended up doing a lot of good for the um, public awareness. Um, before this, if you would even talk about like. Uh, Surveillance or tracking or people reading through your email, you know, uh, corporations reading through your emails, which I was talking about it. The response was like, what? You're paranoid. Oh my God, that's not happening. And, or,
0: or the the system like the analog way of thinking. Nobody's going to read sit in a room and read my email.
1: Exactly, and you know if you were t- telling them like Gmail is, you know Google is telling you that there's an algorithm going through your emails so right. that they can target you with better advertising. And, oh, 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 you're just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, but thank you. And um, you know. Having this released in such a mass and almost systematic way that ha- uh, led to a lot of analysis and, and like a lot of um, like like s- a series of exposures that we sort of became inoculated to, and then there's more, and then there's more, and then there's more, and um, we sort of started to understand that, oh, okay, it is happening. Um, it's not the end of the world but it's happening you know and okay well we're we're being tracked we're being surveilled and now maybe it mattered more for the people that were sort of wanting to think about it but didn't know how to think about it or maybe these are planting seeds or you know this is just sort of expanding our awareness for us to understand that this is baseline this is just Where we are right now. There's, if you should, you know, this is how it works, and it's not paranormal.
0: Do you think the the government should should also be transparent, or do you think there's some things that, for for national security, that there should they should uh, be kind of cloak and dagger?
1: In general, I um, do think we have, you know. we trust our government, we should trust our government with certain things for a reason. You know, we, we elect, hopefully, and ideally, this is ideally speaking, we would elect competent, trustworthy people to office, ideally, for a reason.
0: Did you need to have a Donald Trump button on your bag when you came in? <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is why I'm speaking in the ideal. In an ideal world, right, like there's certain, they, This is not, some things, you know, we need, um, we do need, you know, I I do think that we have a military and we have a government for a reason and that they are analyzing threats, um, you know, now I can go in different directions about this. Like I can go in conspiracy theories. I can go like you know, I'm, you know, whatever. But I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm definitely interested in,
0: in, in any way, any in, way you want in, to go. In, my,
1: in, in general, I do think that. Um, and well, and, and I know for a fact that the government does actually um, deal with a lot of uh, information that we don't know about and neutralizes situations that we don't know about. And how and how can they if it got aired out? You know, how can they deal with? You know. Uh, I, we don't even know about it, but how can they deal with you know uh, terrorist cells or drug dealers or whatever things that might threaten the very fabric of our society if they started just being transparent about it um, I also think that there are things that they're keeping secret so that we can maintain the fabric of our society and then if everything was transparent we'd probably all like blow a fuse
0: with Today's technology, could the U.S. government, um, I don't want to say get away with, could they still do things like, you know, like Iran, Iran-Contra or like what happened in El Salvador? I mean, could they, I mean, I—I I, I mean, a lot of that was covert and it was revealed, you know, many years later, yeah. like, you know, a lot of shadiness.
1: I think they, they could do things uh, on um Like a modern, in a modern version of it, Um, you know. Again, like back then, there was no, no, they weren't using emails probably in the eighties. So, you know, they were doing things in in different ways, and you can, you know, there was no digital trail. So,
0: yeah. How do you think Oliver North was like communicating? Was he just like (laughs) notes? Um, Because that's like I think that's like eighty four.
1: Yeah, Morse code.
0: But it was must have been like a stack of carrier like, pigeons. Yeah, a stack of like post-its.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh you know, it was you if you burned all the paperwork, it was gone, you destroy the evidence, you so, Um I think maybe they're using the dark web. Who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um so let's get into paranoia. Sure. So I'm terrified of, well, you know, I take that back. I mean, there's a part of me that says I'm terrified of the immediate future of, of AI and and so forth, but another part of me is just like we evolve, and then maybe that's part of our story, that you know, that, you know, maybe you know, we're part two, part one, we're the dinosaurs, and we're, you know, we'll be fossils, and yeah. Uh, I, I guess my I just see a lot of inefficiencies with humanity, whereas in computers, if they get to the level of singularity, I think that would all be corrected. And so I just, um, I mean, that's what it. it, a lot of the things that I read, like on Wired and so forth, I just feel like it's in that where technology is eventually going to in terms of uh, fully functional um, Technology that can kind of run on its own.
1: I think it's interesting. Earlier today, I was thinking about um, you know why we, why we why I try to understand systems or where it is we're all going, and I think it is we're we're trying to become whole or trying to understand things in entirety. Or that's maybe where we're progressing, is, you know, towards wholeness in some way. And you know, maybe one way to look at it is the singularity because we're seeing these in some way as two separate tracks that will unite at some point where it's, i I'm, I'm kind of interested in in your what you just said that that we have efficient we have efficiencies as humans and that computers would fix those inefficiencies that is did
0: I say something that was uh, semi <laughs>
1: no its it was a really um, interesting well
0: think of all the things that you'd want to correct right like you know I, I don't mean you in particular yeah, you wake well. up in the morning you look yourself in the mirror or you're laying in bed like oh my god i wish you know we well, all why have would that
1: we need a computer to correct that
0: no no we don't oh. but I'm saying computers don't Computers, don't think that, right? computers don't have image problems. Computers don't like worry. Computers but, don't have these, you know. Yeah. They don't have like emotions of like pettiness of like, oh, I wish my mom was just so much nicer right. to me. That's why I'm such in a bad place now.
1: Right. So I think these these uh, all this these these thoughts, these underlying unconscious anxieties or even slightly conscious anxieties are, um, you know, this is our like personal work that we have to do. Um, regardless of any sort of singularity or not I don't think I actually don't think a singularity would fix that because it would translate into the code of the computer and somehow still be there you can't you can't have a bug in the code and the bug is still going to be there and I think we need to if that's what we is in an efficiency which is a really good word for, or translation for it or if these are the things that we see as issues then I think we need to adjust them internally with ourselves and, and that's easy that's co- correctable without technology um, it's, it's just correctable by looking in a mirror you know uh, literally or not
0: but so, as a, I, I don't yeah. I don't mean it as individuals I yeah. mean as as big you know as actual societies and because you could in, in terms of quantify that that you, you our whole society is not going to wake up and just unless they're all they're all religious or like
1: right unless there was like a a thing that happened
0: unless there's a a uniform spectrum that they see the they view the world like like a
1: um,
0: a, a radical religious group for instance but in in terms of
1: like cosmic event or something but
0: in terms of a machine I mean that's there's no I mean they're not you you can program that in terms of one one uh, one function
1: yes but we're looking at very simplistic
0: Um, I'm a simplistic. No, no,
1: no, but we're looking at, I mean, our machines are are pretty, you know, advanced, but in in terms of a singularity, it's still like really small versions of what these things will be able to do, and um, we are the ones writing, we as humans are the ones creating the template, and that template can't be pure if we still have some sort of, it's, you know, it's like um, creating woodcuts or something, or uh, whatever that is, like... um, where you, like, make a woodcut and then you, like, you know, make the dye transfer on it or whatever. It's like old school art. Or, or <laughs> if, if you're just creating a template for, for, for something to be patterned on, if you're the one creating it and you can't see your own flaws, then you will create that template with that flaw. And Wait then, a
0: minute, but, but do, don't you think there is an exception with technology? Do you think humans create technology that can that possess the ability to surpass them?
1: How can we create a technology to surpass um, our anxieties if we don't know, or these flaws if we don't know as people how to fix the flaw?
0: Well, you're not creating technology. You're not creating these machines or this technology to be to replicate the human experience. You're actually going the opposite route, so that wouldn't be a part of the component.
1: So, we're, we're going into direction of being like emotionless, without emotion.
0: Um, I think the maybe. second you
1: become self-conscious, which is where you'll hit artificial intelligence, um, where the machine can think of itself and then start to command itself to say, I think I now need to do this and run this code. When it becomes self-conscious, is it when it will have also, well, maybe I think I'm ugly, you know, <laughs> or whatever. But
0: a computer but, does that, right? Like they detect a virus and then the, the computer will... You tell well, it to
1: detect a virus.
0: Right, because a program is in there.
1: Right, but it's, it's, in, it's still in... It, they're still not self-conscious. They're still running on code that is still being fed to it.
0: Right, but the code, it's... <laughs> <laughs> the code is talking to me no, but it's it's communicating with each other right it's not in the sense of like I mean we're not dealing with uh, like a like a, a, a Dell computer sure. where I need to like stuff everything in there constantly
1: yeah but it can't go outside of it's own predetermined codes and go get like another code
0: um, but my point is just from a, what do you want some more my point is um, just from a a, a a theoretical standpoint, like they can.
1: Sure.
0: See so, that's in place.
1: So I think like a good example is just like what guys. I'm out. pouring
0: water. I'm not urinating.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say I think what happened now and that you saw that my uh, water was empty, and you said, do you you know do you want some more? The way we're gonna get to that is through you know the Internet of Things, where we have sensors on things and they communicate to uh, servers, and those servers are doing analysis on all this information. Um, but at this point, still, that's still being, we still have humans telling them how to analyze the information. There's still a bias in terms of how to uh, determine what we want as people. Right?
0: Did you see that article or, uh, well it was, a, it was a video clip as well, um, about the, the guys from Wired who hacked the car?
1: Yeah, the Jeep. Yeah. yeah,
0: they did it on the freeway. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah,
1: I mean, they did it with a willing, you know, participant. Um, I'm
0: sorry, he was from Wired, and the guys who, I guess they've done something similar to that. Yeah, uh, some, years ago,
1: yeah, or some time ago. They were basically able to hack, I mean, Chrysler or Whatever that comp- parent company is, was not happy about it. Um, right. Well, <laughs> why. why would you? <laughs> this is great. Uh, they were they were able to hack in through the um, car's entertainment system, which is basically most cars are are just you know computers on wheels, essentially, and it has you know wireless uh, computer system, and they were able to find out how to gain access through the entertainment system, and then through that, they were able to access several different controls, including uh, cutting the ignition, uh, controlling the windshield wipers, um, like uh, several other things. Oh, he had,
0: yeah, they turned on the, Oh, the volume, it. yeah. And it was so loud. And he
1: couldn't, you can't right, do he anything could, about right. it. Right, it was... So, <laughs> I mean, these are all just dummy
0: it was like controls. an action movie from, like, the 80s or something. You're yeah.
1: like, oh, I can't stop this car. <laughs> I mean, they're basically dummy controls at this point in our car. It's it's just computers with sensors sort of um, communicating. Um, and, I mean, a while ago I would read about um, how um, people that are sort of um, subprime... Um, get uh, f- in terms of uh, their ability to get loans will uh, be able to get cars and the bank puts a remote kill switch on the... Did you hear about no, that- this? They'll put a remote kill switch on the car and if you're late by one day, boom! Like... They'll kill your car and you people be... were on the freeway like, you didn't make your car payment and nope, no more car for you, like so, going 65 miles an hour on the freeway, you know, maybe it'll cause a five car pileup, it does do like
0: better. They'll get like a you warning. Me, yeah, like...
1: no, no warning, just boom, you didn't give me my money, no car for you.
0: God, do you think they'll do that with like hot, like hospitals to do that? Like I you... think
1: so, with prosthetic limbs?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you or like pay a, for your limb. Or a no transplant like or like, yeah. oh, my liver. Oh. Oh,
1: or, you know, they'll put like two... Two, you have two prosthetic legs, and you didn't pay for it, so it will just make you walk to the
0: hospital. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah and you're, you're your wallet come go. out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> basically. What um, what a uh, so what influences you now, um, from in terms of your in terms of your, like your artistic outlook?
1: Um. That's a really great question. I'm sometimes having massive identity crises.
0: <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to New York. <laughs> what am I
1: doing? Um, in terms of art, I I actually really miss going to, to museums and galleries. I used to do that on a very regular basis because I feel like I was like you know st- steeply immersed in like an art culture, and that's just something I did, and I kind of took myself out of it. So. Um, I just think my like imagination goes wild, and that's sort of what uh, influences me in terms of. Um, but but I think just thinking about patterns and the larger patterns of things that, that actually uh, really inspires me on all across the board and uh, and engages me on a lot of levels because I constantly think about you know not in like these like why are we here. You know I don't know kind of things but I do uh, truly believe that you know we're here for reasons like if you look at colonies or swarms right like um, bees are just born with an innate sense of what they need to do as a colony they a queen is like determined To be a queen from like her little, I'm not gonna use the correct term, larva or whatever it is. And they make her a queen, and she's actually, like we call her a queen. I think she has kind of a crappy life because she's just like. Giving birth constantly throughout her life until she dies, <laughs> and
0: she's she's kind of mean too. Like there would be a, like a, a like a, a young like sprightly female yeah. bee, and she'd be like, "You're not a queen, smash! Oh, yeah,
1: screw you! Like I'm the one, you know, t- producing all the bees of the colony, and the colony actually like prizes her because." they need her for survival. And so they all have these roles and how do they know? And how do they know like where to go and how to build? And you look at like swarms of or, or schools of fish and swarms of birds and ants. And ants like are just fascinating. And I remember one time I was sick and had a fever and was like sitting on my floor staring at these ants. Like, <laughs> um, I got very fascinated. But it's, how you know, how do they know how to do this? And then I started thinking, well, like, what if we're just a massive colony and like also building towards something? but we're you know, we can't see the forest for the trees kind of thing, and like we just don't see it. We don't see the thing that we're building because we're, we're individuals with our own sort of um, psyche and awareness and self-consciousness. But our, our collective unconscious might be building something, and that something has been evolving towards this, you know, collective, an expression of the collective unconscious, which might be the internet, of, of sorts, or it's heading towards it. Um, and, because
0: everybody's nice on the internet.
1: And, well, <laughs> you, you we have our, you know, repressed meanness on there too, which is an, an expression of our collective unconscious. Like, people get drunk and they're mean as people, so you have these, like, collective Personalities on there people think oh you can't see me. I'm just gonna be mean to you and it's it's a true like collective humanity Um, My theory on all this is you know highly unscientific, but still is uh,
0: It could be the name of a good show
1: What? Highly (laughs) (laughs) unscientific
0: You can say whatever you want
1: (laughs) I can't prove it, but it's true
0: (laughs) Did you know ants speak in Spanish?
1: (laughs) I haven't proved it, but it's true (laughs) um <laughs> yes the statement is false and um <laughs> uh but you know if you look at the big bang it all started from like this one tiny smaller than like an atom thing the entire universe the uh like started from this thing and everything came out of it like so there's just stardust or you know, cosmic DNA, whatever you want to call it, all throughout the universe. And, um, you know, they think that even a life from uh, scientists, actually, like real scientists, think that life from, uh, uh, on Earth came from um, maybe a, like, organic matter that would, like traveled on a meteor or whatever. So my, my thinking is that we just have, uh, talking about templates, we just have this cosmic DNA. Uh, ev- everything does. And with that cosmic DNA, that's like deep-seated code that we're running on to, to do whatever it is we're here to do. Uh,
0: what are we here to do?
1: That's what I'm trying to figure out. But I Do Do think, you
0: think it's something good or something bad?
1: Well, it can't be bad if we're here to do it. I think uh, I, I think we have some free will in it, but I think ultimately it's towards something
0: We're, we're all working towards something collectively?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Huh. I I mean
1: I'm not saying in this lifetime I'm not saying like It's going to be this like big temple or something I just think that we, we do have some Why are we building All these really cool things That if you think about it as individuals We're kind of selfish as people But the things that get started The really cool things that get started Are, are purely unselfish And just kind of awesome Like the internet didn't start off as a commercial internet uh, even though it was found, funded by DARPA, it was you know and had some sort of military uh, you know alliance in there. It actually was an open internet to collect universities, and they were just really, you know it was really fascinating. And why do we do these things? We don't have to. What are we working, What are we advancing towards?
0: Um, I so, don't know. Maybe, anyway. maybe that is what separates us from from those other animals. Yeah. I think other animals. Uh, Cultivate their environment. They give back to their environment. I think humans are kind of parasitic. We destroy every environment that we're in, and we typically don't make it better. And yeah, Uh, you know, you know, recently when we had that news break about oh, there's another Earth, and and nobody really cared. (laughs) People were into like Hulk Hogan's a racist or whatever. If there's another Earth, I mean, it's not going to end well, right? If they're going to come and visit us. Either we're going to kill them or they're going to kill us. Yeah. And then that's... I don't but, want that to happen. I
1: mean, these are just, like, like distra- again, another distraction for, like, okay, go ahead, keep on, like, doing what you're doing and don't care, because, like, we'll just all go to another Earth and, like, crap on that one too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Just keep keep doing what you're doing and, like, whatever. Um, but I do think I will... Oh, sorry. You were going to say No, no, something. no. good. Uh, you know to continue with this like uh, highland scientific theory of mine is that i do think the the difference between us and maybe these you know colonies that we were talking about is that are that and that what differentiates humans as well is that it could be multi-generational this sort of uh, like evolution. it's not you know in this generation we're evolving towards this and that's that it's sort of like a span of a really long time and we're slowly sort of chipping away at it in, in ways because we're so complicated.
0: <laughs> oh, one thing that I wanted to get back to in terms of um, you know when you're saying artistic inspiration and you uh, you're know, you going to the museums you know one thing that uh, I mean I do find myself just kind of just wasting so much time just like like as you know I said before just like basically playing on the internet you know and i feel like if i really need to do something creative i need silence or i need to be in nature or i need to you know just be away from technology yeah what i've noticed so i have two nieces and what i've noticed about them is whenever i come home to visit they're constantly on their phone or on their ipad yeah and i mean i'm not judging i mean that's you know they that's That's third generation. No, maybe you know who knows. Maybe they're checking the weather or or checking a movie or whatever. But it's like their brain. It's like a car that is constantly running. You know, constantly running. And I'm sure that they're on their phone in their bed right before they turn off the light. You know, and I'm guilty of that. But your brain, you know, the brain is just going. You know, going, going, going.
1: It'll be interesting to see what happens when they're. You know, like. In their 20s and they're obviously in their 30s and all that but interestingly i think um you know our brains were wired when we were young without this kind of stuff and so the way we sort of formed our um simula you know the way we sort of formed i want to say simulation of the world like that's just the way we sort of input information then our brain recreates what we see and understand of the world is without all this all these devices and interacting with these devices and so these came later and were sort of foreign objects that we then assimilated into our lives um and in some in some ways yes it's actually like naturally relaxing to be without them because of like the magnetic field disturbances and the distractions but also because we've just used to be without them too um i i they're the new generation that's growing up with them is wiring their brains with this technology, and I think it—you know—they're going to be um, thinking and outputting things in completely different ways. And um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if well, it's good or bad.
0: It's definitely youth-centric, but yeah. not necessarily. If you want to see like a, a microcosm of what you know, how people are like junk fooding technology, go to an airport. Oh yeah. Man, yeah. I like this woman. Like next to me was like she was like watching Expendable Six or whatever number they're at. Yeah. She didn't even have headphones on. She was just, like, going, like, it was, like, and, like, was like, why should I have to move? I sat here first, and then, you know, then my ego yeah. came in, and then, like, yeah, but, and then you had another person who was, like, playing on their phone, another yeah. person who's, like, and some kids are playing an actual game. Yeah. I, I, you know, these are just observations. Yeah. My my point is, no, I don't want to be, like, the, I don't want to be that guy who says, nobody reads anymore, but... <laughs> Because we're, I think, because of technology, we're just, we're just so, we want things so immediate, and we just want it so quickly, and we just want to gobble it up, and we just want to move on to the next thing. And I think that does affect art. I guess that goes back yeah. to what I was saying in terms of, you know, like movies and and and, and
1: yeah. music
0: to an extent. Then uh, I couple them both to you know, from like thirty years ago or fifty years ago.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely. You're right. Expedited our ability to like consume. Uh, information and and distractions and like all these sort of um, things that sort of placate our our anxieties like whenever someone says um, we didn't used to be this way uh, I think of this picture um, from whenever JFK was assassinated it was a, a picture on a train of all these, you know, men like Madison Avenue type men
0: oh, right. on the train.
1: Everyone reading the paper, and it was all the same cover. And they all had a newspaper covering their faces, so all you could see was their legs, like crossed or whatever. So they were like headless people with, you know, wearing suits, and they were all holding a paper covering their face. And and you realize, well, we've one we were covering our faces and not engaging with each other back then too. Um, and I think that just shows that we're, we do look for ways, we need time to disengage from this intense, like collective, like we're all together kind of thing. Um, and also, you know, it's sometimes just really, um, annoying and stressful to be at airports and you really want to be not in the moment there. You want to, like, I'm not here. I just want to hang out in my
0: sweats and my Uggs and just... And
1: you have, like, Delta Airlines or whatever <laughs> airline, Delta's got better. But they yell at you and, like, TSA just, like, you know, prodded you like cattle going through a line and everyone's, yeah. like, mean and nasty I feel, and... I feel so
0: bad for people who come to America and they have to deal with, like, LaGuardia or JFK. Yeah. They just... The times that I've traveled, yeah. they're, they're the, actually the only airports that have given me trouble. Other countries that you typically don't yeah. have any issues.
1: It's pretty bad, but um, but yeah, and I think the the f- fact that oh my god we can now just put on headphones and watch something, a movie, and like it's like a massive pacifier. I mean, right. You We don't have to deal. We don't have to deal. I don't have to look at you. I don't have to <laughs> listen to you. I don't have to listen to any of this.
0: Go to a cafe. Have you been to a cafe? Like I I met something like I met a friend at a cafe and it felt so weird that we were actually talking because everybody. Yeah, you know everybody's like on the computer. Yeah. It's like a library. Yeah, and it's like uh, yeah. I guess should we go outside?
1: No. Yeah, <laughs> can I <have> coffee anywhere?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's yeah, I think it's just you know gobble this and then move on and gobble that.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. The other the other um, slight tangent off this, but um, the other interesting thing about it is actually um, the sort of uh, ma- magnetic. Electromagnetic field that comes off of our devices um, uh, because they use antennas. So, like anything wireless, our, our phones or computers or tablets all have antennas in them so that they can communicate either with our wireless network and also the cell towers. And um, and they need power uh, to to get. They give off power in order to reach these places. So. Um, they give off a an energy field, and um, that interacts with, with us in different ways. It's some people call it radiation, and they think that it's bad. It's still not proven. I mean, they don't know if it's good or bad. There's background radiation from the Big Bang that's just we're constantly exposed to all the time. So, is it good or bad? I don't know. Nobody knows. But um, um, it it's again things that. You know we don't know we don't see and we can't understand we, and th- therefore we can't understand how it all works and just because it's given a label as like radiation uh, people start to freak out and, and
0: yeah but people don't freak out about all the crap they put in our foods
1: yeah or a microwave which is like a, a thousand times stronger or whatever yeah, I'm not I'm giving an exact number but yeah and all the stuff that they put in our foods exactly
0: yeah, I, yeah. nobody complains about that yeah, yeah. It's,
1: that's no big deal. You're just eating it. It'll give
0: you liver. I'll just treat this. Yeah, as long as I play, have my uh, my Paperless. my payments. Yeah, yeah, I won't get yeah. prepossessed. Get an
1: installment plan.
0: <laughs> if uh, if you didn't like when you were when you were younger, when you you know how did you get into photography? Were you into another art form? Um,
1: I can't draw very well, so no, that never took off. But I uh, I took uh, black and white photography. In high school, and um, really loved it. So this is, you know, before digital anything, and so it was all manual, manual.
0: So you were in the in the dark room with a red light, and you know, yeah. just putting in the in the yeah. liquid.
1: Yeah, and you know maybe there was something really calming and like meditative about it. You know, with all the fumes and I don't know, but there it, I thought it was really cool that you like shoot something and then you watch it sort of come to life on this piece of paper. But it was. Um, I like the sort of tech, you know, the technology aspect of it, the manual aspect of it, that you sort of fill around and figure out how to develop or create what you're trying to see or what you're trying to, or you start to learn how to see in different ways. And then I didn't take photography again until my last year of college and I took color photography and I realized, wow, I actually can't really see in black and white, I see in color. So that that changed everything and then I loved photography had a few years in between. Um, I graduated and you know did something else for a few years. Actually worked at the first dot com in 2000 and watched that sort of uh, go up and then crash and burn. And then um, went to grad school for photography. Well, in New York. In New York, yeah, School of Visual Arts.
0: Uh uh-huh. yeah. How Did you like that?
1: Yeah, was, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Really good you
0: guys have like a with Pratt.
1: No. Uh, We didn't, we, um, our class was actually pretty interesting, it was, um, we were the class that started right after September 11th, so I think we were like this really, you know, sort of, there were all sorts of people that probably wouldn't have been there other, like in other years, like people in their 30s that quit their marketing jobs, and like, everyone that's like, what am I doing with my life? I really want to do this, and so we were this, like, very, uh, atypical art school class where we didn't with each other, we actually all kind of, most of us became very good friends,
0: so it was pretty cool. Yeah, maybe, you know, when you were talking about we all have this, you know, we potentially have this purpose and we're working towards something, I I think, I mean, uh, if you look back in the history of of humanity, it it seems to be tragedy is what unites us, or some sort of, you know, red alert situation that unites us and goes, oh my God, we have to fix this. Yeah, Um, yeah. So maybe it's that alien invasion of Earth too. Yeah,
1: yeah. We have these big, uh, you know, on, on an indi- personal, you know, individual level, and then on collective levels, we have these big wake-up calls, like people that have brushes with death. Um, you know, hope, you know. I don't know if you've had one, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. If you have, but um, kind of, hap- you know, realize sort of the, the why why they're here kind of thing, and. It's a very common thing, you know, like they're at close to the end of life or you had a brush with it and then suddenly their world is transformed and they're reprioritized things and, you know, you can try to explain it to your friends or they try to explain it to people, but unless you have that sensation of like, you know, this could all be taken away in a flash and what, so why am I here? Am I here to like accumulate materials? Uh, you know, when, when you're in that mode, Yes. And it's hard to get out of that mode until you realize actually the next, the very next day you can be gone and none of this, you you know, it's trite. We've said it so many times that it's trite and it's lost meaning. You can't take this with you to the grave. So we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Moving on. Like, give me my next thing. Yeah. <laughs> but know?
0: I'm not going to, I'm not going to die for a while. Right.
1: I mean, yeah. So I want to enjoy, I want to enjoy life while I have it, you know? Um, and I think we have them on, on. The, the collective ones are really interesting. I don't know if you were here for September
0: 11th, but actually, were you? I came to visit a friend on September 10th.
1: Wow. And I
0: was staying with them, and I went to uh, I went to the World Trade Center because uh, I um, so I went to visit, and I had I was going to do an internship in Tower Two, and I I came too early, and the person was like stuck in traffic. And because uh, I showed up at 8 o'clock. And then, so I was like, what am I supposed to do? She said, you can wait in the lobby or you can come back at 9. So I said, okay. So then I, like, you know, I kind of wandered out to like that. I remember the Albon Pan near where like JR is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wandered over there and I checked my watch. And it was, well, at the time I had a watch, uh, it was like 840 I went like, all right, maybe this is around time I should probably mosey on over. This guy should probably be there by now. Wow. And then eight forty six, that's when the first one hit. And I didn't know what it was. So and I didn't have I wasn't privileged I didn't have a smartphone. I wasn't privileged to what was going on. Nobody down there was. So uh people like so people were like, What's going on? So we hear these rumblings and somebody said like I don't know, all these like pretty pedestrian theories of like oh there was like a dump truck that was on a roof that like caved in and then somebody so was a couple of people were saying that a, a plane crashed and so where I was thinking like a Buddy Holly kind of like single engine yeah. plane
1: yeah
0: it wasn't that big of a deal for a few for about twenty minutes yeah. and then I guess the, and then the second one hit and then all hell broke loose yeah it was like a circus yeah all like nuts and wow. like
1: and everyone started fighting.
0: yeah and so. Uh, not not to be morbid but then I came back and visited the same friend on the the day of the blackout (laughs) (laughs) he's like I love it I do No, no, there's
1: no purpose (laughs) (laughs) wow that's that's a crazy story Um, I'm glad I'm glad the guy was late
0: but I had, this, so, like a lot of people, a lot of New Yorkers or a lot of people, you know, in the country, I had this, you know, that euphoria of, like, I'm going to do something in my life and, you know, it's I'm going to be bold, I'm going to be trivia, Yeah. Trivial. And I will admit that lasted for a while and then I, I kind of slipped back into, you know, just kind of, you know, my mundane yeah. kind of singular vision of my own life. Yeah,
1: yeah it's hard, I mean, you know. It's hard to like maintain that, you know, like be alive and be like, oh, I can die. You know, it's a very diff- difficult thing. But I do remember in New York, there, you know, speaking of like collective, like that kind of crazy wake up call where everyone was like, it was like quiet and everyone just like was quiet on the subway and like was almost nice to each other and like made eye contact and it was this very surreal. everyone was kind of looking out for each other. Right. Kind of thing, you know, in ways that like, I mean, I, how can you explain it? You know, it was a very, very weird thing, and um, it, you know, it didn't last. It, it, it took a while to like recover, but that moment didn't last all that long either. Like probably a few weeks, where everyone was really so shooken up inside, and also was like, like we gotta help each other, kind of thing. If this ever happens again, you know. Right
0: or just like help each other right now, Yeah, you know, I mean, I just,
1: yeah, yeah, it was, it was,
0: it was very unique, you know, it was very, and and I, because I was here, I, I kind of take it for granted that everybody kind of felt, experienced that, but then I realized that other people, other people internationally or other people outside of New York just don't have that, they, they, they're curious about it or they kind of see it as like oh there was like you know the ground zero or yeah. you know the monument of what it yeah. is now like i had a friend come to visit me like you know took him down there they don't they don't really i mean they maybe their brain goes into like you know, like those those benefit yeah. concerts and things like yeah. that but i don't think it really um, you no know, our, our our brain's polarizing you know we we go from event to event and it yeah. kind of fades away yeah.
1: I think that's a really good point and I think that kind of circles back to something we we're talking about much earlier on which is like why art exists and I think it's hard to explain things to people with words because words do lose meaning and like overused expressions like we were just saying sort of lose meaning and so when we say them our, our brain is already like oh yeah 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 I've heard this before and I think art has a way of conveying a, a sensation of, you know, if you, if you were to sit down somewhere quiet, you know, in nature and really sit down and focus on how you felt that day, the sort of fear, the, the real, real fear fear that you had viscerally at that moment and reconnect with it and try to, um, I mean, that's what makes for good books or whatever, and either write it or, or draw it, paint it, You know try to recreate it in photography in some way it would come out in a way that was very unique people would see it and and respond to it Um, because you are necessarily seeing the your entire world in that way and that's what you're going to show and i think um, we in order to to um, Maybe this is what I'm trying to do is actually connect with the feelings I, you know, the, the feelings of optimism and hope coupled with the feelings of, um, you know, sincere, uh, like, care that we, we really need to have, know this information and really connect with that and convey it. You know, that this isn't about paranoia and it's not about hype and it's not about we're gonna die or we're gonna live. It's It's about us and our world and our choices and our decisions and where we're going that we get to decide and we as a collective people built this really cool infrastructure that is allowing us to do really cool things. And, you know, will there be bad things? Yes, but what do we want to do with it? What kind of say, you know, how do we want our, how do we want this to go? You know, what, what, are, what are the things that we want to do? And I think we're getting too sort of complacent with the, oh, it's just going in this way and it doesn't really matter kind of thing, and that's actually not true, so.
0: Um. I think that's a great way to to kind of uh, uh, to end. Uh, but before we do, uh, before I let you off the hook, okay. uh, one question that I ask uh, everybody that sits across from me: cool. um, What is happiness for you?
1: Um, that is a great question. I think happiness is. Not
0: we're out of time. Oh, that's, it. that's <laughs> actually it.
1: Happiness is those moments where my, you're, I'm not anxious, where the thoughts aren't spinning, and I'm not thinking this is what I should be doing, and who I, who I should be, and how I should be living my life, and why aren't I doing this X Y Z, and I tend, and then I freak out. Happiness but
0: that's is, the curse of the ambitious person, right?
1: Yeah. Or the or or well, yeah. Then you're. Then I then that's not happiness. You're kind of chasing some uh, ulterior motive, I think. So I think happiness is just like everything's okay. Is everything okay? Everything's okay. let's Everything's gonna be okay.
0: That's happiness to me too.
1: Yeah.
0: Truly, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, thanks for, for co- thanks for coming on. Um, where can uh, where can people uh, get in touch with you on the on the tweets?
1: On the twitters, I'm uh, at. Halleck, S-H-U-L-I-H-A-L-L-A-K. Same uh, spelling for my website, um, which is .com, and invisiblenetworks.co.
0: And I'll post all those links for you guys. Um, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll talk to you next week, Bodhisattva, and go out and do good in the world, and uh, hey, everything's going to be okay. Thanks, guys. So there you have it, my conversation with uh, Shuli Halleck. As you can uh, see, we have uh, slightly different opinions about the future. Uh, she's a lot more optimistic than I am, I, 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 I'm shitting in my pants thinking about the future. Of course she's a lot more informed than I am, I, uh, I spend a lot of my time uh, watching stupid uh, you know, reruns of 1980s cartoons on YouTube. Uh, anyway, let us know what you think about the future. What's your opinion? Um, you can tweet, uh, Shuley, at Shuley Hallick, or you can tweet the podcast, at VandalVT33. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, thank you, thank you. I love you guys, and, um, I'll talk right to you next week. Bye. Mac. I look all white, but my black. My really made out of Yeah. yeah.